Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, but let's get ready for the word. Y'all ready for the word? Man, I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready. If you're watching online, uh, we have a different angle tonight. So y'all picked a perfect time to tune in because it's going to look different tonight. Uh, but it's going to be awesome. We're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. Luke chapter 8, verse 22 uh, through 25, I'm going to be reading out of the message translation. And it says this, one day he and his disciples got in a boat and he said, let's cross the lake. And off they went, this is Jesus and his disciples. It was smooth sailing and he fell asleep. A terrific storm came up suddenly on the lake. Suddenly, everybody say Suddenly. Suddenly on the lake. Has a problem ever come upon you suddenly? Has a problem ever happened out of the blue? That your day's going great? Um, you know, you made every green light. You had a good breakfast that morning. I mean, everything in your schedule is going exactly to plan. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call or you get a text or you get an email. And then suddenly what was great, suddenly what was a terrific day turns into a terrible day. Something ever happened suddenly to you. Suddenly, then we can relate to what's happening to the disciples. Suddenly, a storm comes upon them. It says that water poured in, and they were about to capsize. And they woke Jesus. Master, master, we're going to drown. Getting to his feet, he told the wind silence, and he told the waves quiet down, and they did it. The lake became smooth as glass. Then he said to his disciples, why can't you trust me? They were in absolute awe, staggered and stammering. Who is this anyway, they said. He calls out to the wind and the sea, and they do what he tells them to do. Turn to your neighbor and save the title for tonight's message, Creating a Filter for Your Fear. Creating a filter for your fear. Come on, fear has been holding us down too long. Fear has been something that's been impacting the body of Christ for too long. Now's the time to create a mindset and filter for that. Let's, let's pray over uh, the service tonight. Father, we feel your presence so tangibly, God. We just thank you for what you're doing in us. Uh, we have no motives other than to see lives be transformed, your spirit taking over, Father. Um, we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place, God. We thank you for an uplifting of your spirit. Uh, we give you full reign tonight, Holy Spirit, and we're just ready to see what you do best, which is transform us from the inside out. And everybody says... Amen, amen, amen. Uh, a number of months ago, at the end of February, uh, Haley and I, uh, we were on our honeymoon in Cancun, Mexico. Yeah. Um, and it was lucky for us because we had a family friend whose parents owned a timeshare, and so we got a really good deal at this resort. And so we're at this resort. We're trying to have fun and make memories. And there was a water park at this resort called uh, Jungala. It's called Jungala, which is Spanish for jungle, if you don't know that. And because this water park is literally in the middle of a jungle, and it has a jungle theme, and so all the walkways, um, it's like you're going through a jungle. So Haley and I are there, and we're enjoying our time there, and we're walking around, and um, we're on this path, okay? And... I have Haley on my right, and the, and the, the jungle, or the tall grass and, and bushes are on my left. 
And then all of a sudden, from the side of my eye, from my peripherals, I catch bushes moving really hard about 40 feet away from me. And then what really caught my attention is that those bush, the, the, the movement of the trees and, and the tall grass began to come towards me rapidly. I mean, like really fast. And the only way I can compare this to is, is have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Have you seen Jurassic Park? And you know when you see the grass moving quickly, you can't see the, you know, the velociraptor until it jumps out the last second and you see this grass. So that was that moment. And I'm looking, I'm, like, I'm looking and it happened so quickly that I didn't even have time to think before whatever was in that grass was about to jump out at me. And you know how our imagination can get. I'm thinking this is a velociraptor, okay? I'm thinking a tiger's about to jump out. I'm getting ready to, like, you know, protect Haley, you know, and, like, fight, over, like fight off a bear. Like, I don't know what's about to jump out. And um, as I'm waiting to, 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 for those things to reveal themselves, these two green big reptiles come out of the brush so quickly that they're, and it was like they're coming right at me so quickly that I had to do a little skip and they went under my feet like that quickly. And of course, I'm expecting, you know, uh, I was expecting a tiger or, or, or a leopard or a jungle cat, but there were these huge iguanas. Now, I've never seen iguanas, but there were these huge iguanas that came running at uh, Haley and I. I'm, I'm not too proud to say I let out, you know, a little bit of a man scream. I said, ah, you know. And, um, but what was funny about that moment is that there were some workers, some locals there, and they watched this whole thing happen, and they were, like, laughing, and, um, and they, they took a picture. I think we have that picture. We ever have a picture of the, um, do we have it? I think we do. Do we have it? I think I see. There you go. See? You see that iguana? So the thing is, there was two of them, and only one stayed on that path. Um, so those two things jumped out at us, and uh, we were so scared. And the funny story thing is, is that those are actually babies. Those are baby iguanas. They, the locals told me, like, oh, those are small. Like, there's ones that are huge. Um, so that really scared us. But what's funny to me is, isn't it, isn't it weird how fear talks a big game but, but walks small? You know, I was expecting a jungle cat. I was expecting a bear. I was expecting a dinosaur. But two little iguanas came out. But what had me thinking about is that our, imagine can, our imagination can take over. And when fear is involved, our imagination works against us. And what I think and what we're going to acknowledge tonight is that I think that the enemy is shaking some bushes in our life. Or shaking some tall grass in our life. And we're looking at this fear from a distance and our imagination is taking over our mind to the point that we think that a huge enemy is behind it. But really it is smaller than what we know. See, fear tonight might be convincing us that 2020 is going to take our health, that 2020 is going to take our financial freedom. Fear might be convincing us of things so far off our reality that we, we begin to believe things that are nowhere near the truth. They hear what I'm saying tonight? But the, the goal for tonight is that what if we can create a filter that we're able to push things that have fear in him through, and that way we can take the negative influence that it has over us. What if we tonight we can create a mindset, if we can create a perspective that we're able to correctly view fear, that way no, it will no longer have um, power 
over us because there are some heartbreaking and there are terrible things about the world that we live in. But our jobs, I, I, I really think is that we just need to be aware of them, not afraid of them. Awareness, not, not being afraid of them. And we also shouldn't avoid fear because what a lot of people do, their, their tactic is just to avoid fear altogether. But the thing is when you avoid fear, you're not making things go away. You're actually making things last longer. You're making that fear in your life last longer. So we're not going to avoid things tonight, but we're not going to be afraid of things tonight either. Instead, we're going to be aware. And tonight we're creating a filter. We're going to manufacture a mindset that will empower us to remove some negative fear in our lives. Who wants to remove some negative fear in our lives tonight? So it says uh, in Scripture, it says that Jesus tells his disciples, let's cross the lake. So it was Jesus' idea and direction to cross the lake, and the disciples were just being obedient. They were disobedient, and yet, even though they were obedient, they still found, found themselves in a storm. Did you know that even though you're obedient, you'll still be in a storm? A lot of times we think of Jonah. You know, Jonah well. You know, Jonah was disobedient, and he, that's why he found himself in a storm, because he was disobedient. And so we can relate to that, and we can refer to that, and we can say, oh, well, he was disobedient, so he deserved that storm. But what about when you're obedient but yet you still find yourself in a storm. This is what the disciples find themselves in. But see, the, the, the disciples should have known better. They should have known that, the, that Jesus, their Lord, told them that they were going to make it to the other side. So if Jesus told them they were going to make it to the other side, they shouldn't even be worried about the in-between. Because it doesn't, make, it doesn't change the outcome, right? Who knows the in-between doesn't change the outcome, right? As long as you get through the process, the promise doesn't change. But so the, so the disciples, they could have easily just, you know, listened to Jesus, but instead they did the opposite and they were afraid that when the storm came their way, they thought that they were going to lose their lives. But what I was thinking is, so if Jesus has called us to do something and we're obedient to it, and if we're obedient to our purpose on the inside of, of ourselves and we still find ourselves in a storm, maybe that storm isn't meant to sink us. Maybe it's meant to strengthen us. Mm -hmm. And that's when, when Pastor Bible was talking about 2020, that's where things get interesting. Because when you look at things through that perspective, maybe 2020 isn't the year that the world's going to end. Uh, maybe it's not the year that's going to mess everything up. Maybe this is a year that's not going to defeat us but develop us, turning us even stronger and better th than before and prepare us for the next season that's going to be an overflow season and a season that's going to be so filled of blessings that we're going to need the strength to hold it. Now, notice Jesus said, let's cross the lake. Jesus didn't say, you know, let's get stuck in the middle of the lake. He didn't say, let's capsize in a lake or let's sink in a lake. He didn't even say, let's try and go ahead and cross the lake and see, and, and see what happens. No, Jesus said, let's cross the lake. So Jesus said, let's cross the lake, but yet the disciples still found themselves fearful when the storm came. The first point for tonight and, and the first kind of mindset that we need to have for fear to develop a filter is that we need to find peace in the promise, not panic in the problem. We need to find peace in the, prob in the, in the promise, not panic in the problem. 
You see, a lot of us has ran into problems and difficulties and heartbreak this year. There's been a lot of us who've been going and coming into things and, and running into walls that we never even thought that we would be getting to. But what if instead of reacting, what if instead we started remembering? What if instead of just reacting to our problems, we start remembering what God promised us? We start remembering what, who we are and our identity and what God says who we are and what we're capable of. What if instead of, in, in that moment, what if, if the disciples, instead of reacting to the storm, they just remembered what Jesus said? I think, I think they wouldn't have no problem getting through it. See, when you put all your attention on your fears, on your anxieties, on heartbreaks, and when you put all your attention on what's going wrong, you don't eliminate those things. You actually elevate those things. When you put all your, all your attention on what is wrong with your life, it, you don't make those things smaller. You don't over, it doesn't become easier to overcome. You actually make those things in your life become stronger, bigger. And that's how you can, you ever, have you ever met somebody who you look at and you think they have the perfect life? But when you talk to them, man, they, they just see everything that's wrong, and they're, they're depressed, and they're sad. And then you're wondering, hey, why are you depressed and sad and, and upset? Like, you have everything that I think I, I want, you know? Because when you focus on things that are wrong and f- focus on the problems on their life, you're elevating them. You're not eliminating them. See, the next time we find a problem that is opposite of a promise, those are the times that we can't settle for panic. We can't settle for panic. Panic is a weird thing to us. Panic makes us forget everything about where we're going. Have you ever panicked so hard? Have you been or experienced a panic attack that you can't even remember what you're supposed to be doing in that moment? Panic has a, has a, has a weird thing over us that when we get into a panic mode that we, we, we forget, we get emotional, we even forget why God is telling us to do what we do. We can't let panic overtake us in those moments. You see, Peace isn't the absence of a storm. Peace is just the presence of the Savior. I'm going to say it again. Peace isn't the absence of a storm. It's just the presence of a Savior. So in reality, those disciples were actually experiencing peace, even though they were in the middle of a storm, because they had the Savior with them. That's why, that's why Jesus was able to sleep, because he knew there was peace, even though there was a storm. It says that they woke Jesus, they woke him up, and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. And getting to his feet, he told the wind to silence, and he told the waves to quiet down. You see, the disciples woke up Jesus, and, and they woke him up and said, Jesus, we're going to drown, we're going to die, we're, it's, everything is over. And all Jesus did was, st- was, was stand up, take control, not panic, and speak over his situation. Point number two for tonight is that you have to speak over your situation. You have to speak over your situation. So you have to, be, you have to proclaim what you've been promised. Something that uh, my mom used to do every time I would, in middle school and high school, every time I would walk out the door and go to my, to my car to go to school, every time I was doing that, my mom would follow me out every time, every morning, every morning. She would follow me out, and as I'm walking, I hear behind me, she's saying, Caleb, you're the head and not the tail. Caleb, you're above only, not beneath. Caleb, you're the apple of God's eye. 
And then she would say all these things over me, just proclaiming stuff over me, proclaiming stuff over me. And then she would say, Caleb, you're going to do what's right. And she says, because, and every time she would say that, I would have to look back and say, because it's the right thing to do. And then she would be done. But what, what I noticed is, was that my mom was speaking over me. She was speaking over my situation. Even though I wasn't making the best decisions at that time, even though I might not have been the perfect child, my mom was still speaking over the situation. And I can tell you there have been so many times in my life that it wasn't my prayers that got me through. It was my parents' prayers that got me through. <laughs> see, you have to be able to speak it before you see it. Jesus saw the storm, and before he saw it be become calm, he spoke it to be calm. We have to do the same things in our lives. There's a lot of things going around that is contrary to what God has called us to be, but we have to be able, we have to be strong, we have to be bold enough to speak it before we see it. Because what you confess, your confession, your confession always leads to your possession. A lot of us, our problems really isn't what's going on around us. Our problems really is what's coming out of us, what's coming out of us. Because our environment is always a product of our confession. It says in Scripture that the power of life and death resides in the tongue. So that means that can go both ways. That means you can either, either confess life or you can confess death. And the unfortunate thing about those two is that there's no middle ground. That you're either lifting things up in your situation or you're tearing, tearing things down. That's why we have to spend less time panicking and more time praying. We have to spend less time panicking, more time praying. I mean, who knows those, those people who, as soon as one little thing goes wrong, I mean, they're complaining about it. I mean, every, they, they'll let you know about it. They'll let you hear about it. I mean, who's ever knows th those people that, like, even if everything's going right, they're complaining about everything going right. You know, those people, like, they have to be complaining about something. But for some of us, if we spend half our time that we do complaining, about what's wrong, and we start confessing what should be right, I'm telling you, you're going to see those things take a 180 in your life. That's really how you reach spiritual freedom, is that you're able to confess not what you see in the physical, but what God has given you in the spiritual, and then God's going to transform that. Y'all get what I'm saying? It starts in the spiritual, like Pastor Bob was saying, and then you're going to see it manifest in the physical. See, that's why Jesus told the weather to be quiet, right? He said, be quiet, and the lake became still as glass. See, what if our condition, what if the condition of our life is a direct reflection of our confession? What if, it's, what if it's not really what's going on around us? What if everything takes place on the inside of us and everything else is a product of what comes out from the inside of us? We always have to check our confession, and that's why fear does so many things to our lives, because if we just rely on our emotions and our feelings, we're always going to speak fear over our life, right? But we have to be able to speak a confession that lines up with the promises that God has given us. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to watch your confession. You have to watch your confession. So Jesus and his disciples, they, they make it through to the other side. They, they, make it through to the, they make it through the storm, and they make it to the other side of the lake. Do you know that fear's job, like fear's goal, 
the whole motive of it is to keep you from getting to the other side. Did you know that? That's the whole reason why fear is in your life, is to keep you from getting to where God wants you to be. To keep you from getting to the promises he's called you to receive. To keep you from stepping into financial freedom that he's called you to get. The whole reason why fear is there is to keep you where you're at. Church family, I have a confession to make. I haven't been, I've been leaving y'all in the dark a little bit. Because I haven't told y'all how this story ends. I haven't told y'all how the scripture ends yet. Because when Jesus made it to the other side of the lake, when they made it through the storm, when Jesus was able to control the weather with his confession, when they make it to the other side of the lake and they get there, it says that a man filled with demons and possessed met him there. And not only one demon, not only two, not three, it says that many demons possessed this man. And when Jesus stepped off that boat, it says that he confronted this man and he spoke life over this man, and he made those demons and those spiritual attacks leave his body like that. And not only did he free that man, but then he told that man, he said, now you go out and you use your testimony, and you go to the city, you go to your town, and you tell everybody who will listen, and you tell them what happened to you today. And so that man left that place after being under spiritual attack for years and years, for his entire life. After doing that, he left that and used his testimony, and it says that he preached the gospel to the people around him, and that many were saved because of what happened to him. So that says to me that none of that would have been possible. None of that would have happened. Those people wouldn't have been saved. That man would still be under spiritual attack if the disciples and if Jesus would have stopped at the storm. If the, if the disciples and Jesus would have stopped at the storm and let fear overcome them and turn back, none of that would have been possible. Point three for tonight is don't let fear be where you finish. Come on, don't let fear be where you, be where you finish. I want to help some people tonight because I feel like there's some fear areas in our life that instead of using it for God to break us through it, we're using it as a ceiling. We're letting fear be a cap over our life. We're letting fear keep us from getting to where God wants us to be. You see, what if that storm in your life is not an indication to turn back? What if that storm in your life is an indication that you're on the right track? What if that storm is not an indication that you're doing the wrong thing? What if that storm is an indication that you're doing the right thing, that you need to push through this, that that storm's not a roadblock but a stepping stone to where you're being called? See, you can't let fear stop you. You can't let fear cut you short. I can't tell you how many times people have been so excited about their calling, about their purpose to have inside of them, but the moment that they reach a storm, the moment they come to a place that they're not willing to go through, the moment they come to a place where they feel out of control and uncomfortable, they stop. And they let fear be their ceiling. They let fear be where they finish. But let me tell you something, church family, God has called us to so much more. God has called us to so much more. That's why we have to keep on moving. We have to keep on going. And here's the thing about fear. This because you feel fear doesn't mean you failed. This because you feel fear doesn't mean you failed. This because you experienced something that makes you doubt doesn't mean you failed. You see, the disciples were in that place and, and they feared and felt doubt. But that doesn't mean they failed. That doesn't mean they were on the right, right track. You see, 
Just because you feel fear doesn't mean you lose your faith. That doesn't mean you lost it. That means it's time to use it. When you feel fear, that doesn't mean that it's time to give up. That means it's time to push through. You see, it was my senior year, and I found myself in the hospital. I had been in the hospital for about two weeks. Uh, it was the second time that my lung had collapsed in the span of two years. And uh, the first time it collapsed, it was life-threatening, and the second time it was on the, on the same track. And, and so it was my senior year of high school, and it was the time when everybody was telling me it was supposed to be the best year of my life, and, and currently it was, it was one of the worst years of my life. And, but here's the thing. I found myself in the hospital, but I was trying to keep a good mindset about it. I, I, was, I was in the hospital for, for two weeks, and, and my, my lung still hasn't, hadn't fully healed. But you know what? I said, God, I'm going to keep a good mindset about this. I'm going to be encouraged. And, and people were encouraging me, and I felt really good about it. Uh, one night, the, the doctor came in. And, and, he, and he said, he said, Caleb, everything looks, looks good. Everything, like your, heal, your, your lung looks like it's healing. So we're going to go ahead and, and remove the machine um, that was keeping my lung from collapsing. We're going to remove that machine. And if your lung doesn't collapse overnight, he said, then you're going to go home in the morning. And I said, awesome. So I was texting all my friends. I was texting everybody. I said, hey, I'm coming home tomorrow. You know, I'm coming home tomorrow. Like, it's going to be awesome. And I was so excited. And everybody was, everybody, everybody was telling me, Caleb, you're going home tomorrow. You did so good. You made it through it. You kept a good, you know, mindset about it. You didn't, you never complained. And I, and I was just like, I was, I was just so ready to get home. That morning, I ate a big breakfast uh, because I was excited uh, about going home. And uh, shortly after I ate that breakfast, uh, this, the, the surgeon walked into the room and, and he, said, he said, Caleb, uh, unfortunately, overnight, your lung collapsed. And not only he said that, he said, and also um, that in five minutes, get ready, you have to go into emergency surgery. And he said, Caleb, because you just ate a big breakfast, um, if, if some of y'all don't know, may not know, you're not supposed to eat 24 hours before you, you go into surgery. Uh, because if you, if you do, then once you go under anesthesia, there's a chance, you know, it depends on how recent you ate, there's a chance that you could throw up when you go under, and then you have, you know, no, no reflexes because you're under anesthesia, that, and then you could actually suffocate. And he said, he said, Caleb, you know, because you just ate a big meal, uh, we don't know how it's going to turn out. He, he said, Caleb, there, there's, a, there's a 50-50 chance that once you go under, um, that you're going to, you know, throw up and that, your, your lungs could be filled with that, and you could suffocate. And in that moment, I just remember being so fearful. I was so afraid. You know when you're at your lowest is when the enemy becomes the loudest? You ever experienced that? I was so afraid, but also at the same time, I was so angry. I was so angry at God. I was so angry at what was happening to my situation. All the, the cool, all the, all the me, my, trying to keep myself together, in that moment, everything just broke. And I just felt angry. I felt afraid. I felt like this was not fear. I said, I said, I said God, why has this happened to me? Why did you let this happen to me? And in that moment, the enemy started speaking to me. And the enemy said, Caleb, you better be, be ready because, you know, you're, not gonna, you're never going to recover from the surgery. You know, you're going you're gonna to die on that surgery table. And he said, Caleb, you know, um, 
God, you know, he doesn't care about you. And he started saying all these lies and he started saying all these things, started feeling myself. And I was so susceptible to it because I was so afraid. I was so, I was so scared and I was so angry all at the same time. And I was just having this spiritual battle um, really over my mind. And it's about two minutes before I'm going to go into surgery and I get a phone call. And it's my mom. Thank God for a praying mom. She gives me a call, and automatically she already knows everything that's going through my mind. And she says, Caleb, she says, the enemy's trying to rattle you right now. She said, the enemy's trying to shake some brush at the corner of your eye right now, trying to make you afraid and fearful. She said, Caleb, all you need to say in this moment, just say, Jesus, I trust you. She said, that's all you got to say, just say, Jesus, I trust you. And the thing was, I I said, Mom. I said, Mom, I, I can't do that. I said, Mom, I can't say that because, I said, Mom, honestly, I don't. I said, I, I, I can't say I can't, I, I can't say it. And she said, Caleb, no, you have to say it. You have to say it. And then I remember, like, just having this battle in my mind. And I remember I said, okay, I'm going to try to say it. But it felt like the enemy had a grip on my vocal cords. And I was trying to let out the name of Jesus, but I couldn't. It seemed like in that moment the enemy was trying his hardest because he knew, you know, he knew. And so I was trying to say the name of Jesus, and finally I let out the name of Jesus. I said, Jesus, I trust you. And all of a sudden, right when I said that, all that weight of the world just fell off my shoulders. And it was, it was such a powerful moment. And I just remember I said, Jesus, I trust you. And I was able to say it louder and louder, and I began to pray. And all of a sudden, all those thoughts, all those fears, all those things that I felt like were these strong realities. All of a sudden, I knew that Jesus was real and that he did love me and all these things. And I was able to be free from that voice from the enemy. And, thank, and thankfully, you know, I went to that surgery and I, was just, I remember praying and I remember God telling me that I was going to make it through. And I'm thankful that God did pull me through to that moment. But see, I said that because fear has such a way of making you question everything. Fear has a way of making you even question things, thoughts, and beliefs that you've been holding on to for your whole life. Fear has a way of making you turn to the enemy so quickly. But just because you feel fear, just because you feel like the enemy is against you, doesn't mean you failed. What I love, what, what's awesome about Jesus is that he has all the power. He has all the control. That the moment you give yourself up to him, all those things that you felt like were a stronghold in your life, that you would never shake ever in your life, all of a sudden those things just begin to fall off, fall off right, uh, right and left. All those things that you thought were going to be something that were going to destroy you, I'm telling you, God just makes them dissipate like that. Will you all stand with me tonight? I want to close with this scripture. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? That's Psalms 27 verse 1. The closing point for tonight is that when Jesus is Lord, fear will always lose. When Jesus is Lord, fear will always lose. I want to encourage somebody tonight. 
that has a feeling, that has an emotional feeling that fear has overtaken them. That the season that we find ourselves in, that there's so much doubt and insecurities, there's so much anxiety about what's going on, that fear has gotten such a grip on us that we can't even believe what we used to believe. That we can't even walk towards what we thought was needed for us. That fear in, in this room, that the fear that, that the enemy is trying to throw at us has taken some things from us. But what that scripture is saying is that when Jesus is Lord, when you make Jesus Lord over your life and you put him on the utmost front, number one, when you do that, there's no way fear can have control. There's no way fear will have control because what you're saying, you're saying, Jesus, I trust you more than I trust this fear. I trust you more than I trust this anxiety. I trust you more than I, than I, I, I trust this doubt, than I trust this disbelief. I trust you more over everything. And when you really make Jesus your Lord, fear will always never have enough. We'll never have enough firepower. We'll never have enough authority because when it comes down to it, only the name of Jesus can make things turn around in an instant. Only the name of Jesus can turn around anxiety. Only the name of Jesus can make what you feel like is a stronghold of depression be released in a moment. So I want us to do tonight is just to sing a song, just to worship a little bit because I want fear to leave us and not come back. I want anxiety to go because it has no place here. I want doubt to leave this room because it doesn't belong here anymore. So there's some fears. There might be some anxieties. There might be some depression. But when Jesus is Lord, fear will always lose. So let's sing tonight. Let's lift up our voice. Let's make sure that our worries are turned into worship because when we do that, I'm telling you, church family, you're going to see your mind be transformed. You're going to see your life be turned around. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We're not going to let the spirit of fear have any power no longer. You hold all the authority, Father. All anxiety, all depression has to leave right now in the name of Jesus. The enemy doesn't have the final word, God. You have the final word. So right now, we cast out all fear. Right now, God, we cast out all doubt. Right now, Father, the strongholds that the enemy has put there, right now, God, they have to dissipate right now in the name of Jesus. Father, for everybody under the sound of my voice, God, that we're going to stir up the spirit. We're not letting the enemy have a foothold no longer, God, but we're going to lift up our voices. We're going to lift up our praise, and we're going to let the enemy know he has no power here. We're going to let the enemy know who has the final word, and that's you, Jesus. Come on. If you love him, give him a shout of praise tonight. Father, we thank you so much. You're so good to us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want to do one last prayer. I want to give anybody who hasn't said yes to Jesus um, a chance to say that tonight. You might be in the room. You, you might say, Caleb, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I've even taken that first step yet. I don't know if I've even be, been able to, to go on that path. Um, that tonight is your night online and in the room. So every head bowed and eyes closed, uh, repeat after me. I say, Father, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I need saving. And I believe that your son is Jesus and that he died on the cross for me 
and that he rose again, taking all my sins, taking all fear, taking all depression with him. Father, I confess you, Lord, over my life, Lord, over my mind, and Lord, over my emotions. I love you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus one final shout of praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.